The presenting sponsor for On Education is Classcraft. We're so excited to announce Classcraft's new story mode, which makes it easy for educators to harness the power of stories. But that's not all. Have you ever wanted to see yourself as a character in a story? Now teachers and students can create their custom game avatars and see them come to life on an augmented reality poster. To learn more about Classcraft's story mode and the new AR experience, simply visit classcraft.com. Yeah, very impressive. I actually had no meltdowns from us either. So that was impressive too, especially for me. My <laughs> wife is like a Vulcan, so she doesn't get up and down. Welcome to On Education, part of the Education Podcast Network. I am Mike Washburn. And I'm Glenn Irvin. Friends, we have an awesome pod for you today. We will reflect on last week's shooting and how politicians and the media are blaming video games for the violence. We will discuss the Clear the List Back to School movement and its implications for educators, families, and legislators. And our amazing guest this week is educator Sarah Thomas. You're back. I am back. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> I tell a, you, it was a editing road trip. The po- editing <laughs> the podcast sucks. <laughs> it's it, it's uh yeah no man I, it was an amazing road trip and yeah uh, I'm glad to be home though. I mean, there's nothing like when you get to actually come home and you actually Sleep are in sleeping in your own bed mm-hmm. and your kids have their own bedrooms. We're super blessed. I, that's all I could tell. You. That's what my wife and I just kept saying. You know what? Yeah. That just, uh, it, it brings that back right into the, <laughs> the forefront. It's like, man, the things that we have is just amazing. And the trip, the road trip was amazing. And our kids, they did phenomenal. I, I, I was like, ah, oh, you know, like, uh, it's gotta be so brutal for kids uh, as far as traveling long, long hours, families and, who don't travel well, and then be able to, yeah, you hit all these different destinations, and you're doing all sure. of these things, but then you get up the next day out of a hotel and you go and you travel again. Um, yeah, and then I wanted to give a big shout out to the state of South Dakota, man. God, <laughs> I I swear I've driven through South Dakota, but really just central South Dakota. Okay, um, and it's kind of right through the capital. Is it was the path that we always used to take from Jamestown, North Dakota, to Colorado, where okay. uh, my wife's uh, parents were in Jamestown, North Dakota, but they also lived part of the year in Colorado. We did this road trip back and forth, and central South Dakota just kind of like. Uh, what you would imagine the Dakotas being, uh, you know, rolling hills and a lot of uh, farmland. Empty space. Uh, a lot of farmland, a lot of, you know, yeah, exactly, empty space. And my God, if you go to the western, southwestern side of South Dakota, it is one of the most beautiful places. It is on the same really? grade as Colorado. I have to put it right there. And it's uh, wow. it's a combination of uh, the the Badlands. As you enter the Badlands and, you're, and they have a national park there, that is a ridiculous, amazing uh, yeah. national park to be able to drive through and then to be able to go visit. And then right next to it, you have uh, Mount Rushmore. And and I didn't realize that Rapid City and Mount Rushmore, it was like, it's like the mountains here. Like, it feels like Colorado. Uh, and so we drove through there. We went to Mount Rushmore and a huge props out to Mount Rushmore. If you want to take your kids somewhere, take them to there. It costs $10 to park. It is free to go into. Okay. And, and it's an all day kind of thing. You can go. Uh, there's food there. So you don't have to worry about that. Uh, it's just 
a beautiful place. Lots of things to visit. Lots of historical things. Uh, that so uh, more sessions. than just a mountain with people's faces carved. Yeah, in it. yeah. You know, you would think it would just be kind of boring, you know. But my yeah. kids loved it, and they loved well, like, all oh, of the different. Passages. There they are. Okay, we can go now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, you would think that that's what it was. <laughs> But it was amazing, and my kids, that was a, definitely a highlight uh, for them, and so was the Badlands. So I had to give a huge props to South Dakota because usually I talk bad about you guys. I'm sorry, but I, I take it all well, back. You guys are, I talk bad about you all the time. You, you guys are – that. what an amazing, beautiful uh, state. And and then we went, of course, to Colorado because we, we love Colorado and uh, – Took took our kids there, went to various different places there, and then and then ended up in Roswell, New Mexico. So I was going to say, it's then quite you a trip. ended up in New Mexico. You went everywhere. Yes, you toured the freaking country. <laughs> um, we hit a lot of states. Let's just say that. <laughs> pretty crazy, and your kids survived, and they didn't. There was no meltdowns. No or meltdowns. Anything. That was weird. Unreal. You know, that That's was awesome. awesome. That's impressive. Yeah, very impressive. I actually had no meltdowns from us either. So that was impressive too, especially for me. My I, wife is like a Vulcan, so she doesn't get up and down. But me, sure. I'm, I'm like a volcano. So that was definitely impressive that nobody... Nobody got really riled up, so that was great. <laughs> so a ringing endorsement of South Dakota. South Dakota, Glenn, man. Tourism. <laughs> and no one, everyone came back from the road trip alive. Yes. And, uh, and apparently Rushmore, Mount Rushmore is freaking awesome. Yes, yes. And and we did a uh, Irvin family reunion. So it was my Irvin yes. side of my family and, and uh we had a concert, <laughs> yeah, and it was hilarious. Uh, it was awesome. It was super fun, and uh, lots of family members and lots of people I never, I haven't even. Some people I haven't seen since I was a little kid. So that was sure. pretty cool. Uh, you get to get back together and then take a picture, and then maybe you know, twenty years from now, my kids will see you know <laughs> some relatives that they hadn't seen before, you know, in twenty years or whatever. In twenty years, <laughs> yeah. There you go. And then <laughs> so then you you came home, yes, and then you literally hopped in the car again. Yes, and, and I I and went went to keynote. Yes, I actually did a. Uh, there was a first. There was a conference on the day right after I got back uh, in a town called New Prague, and I just did a couple sessions there, and then and then the next day was the keynote, and and then some sessions at, in a different town, and it was it was awesome. It went really really well. Um, I was. I think you've described this as far as right before you're going to do the keynotes, not the moment right before, but the day before I was just like in pure panic mode. Um, yeah. Losing my mind. Yeah. Yeah. And, but then uh, I had a sense of calmness right before I went yep. on and then I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going like to do that. And, and so many people uh, had great advice for me, you know, as far as the things go. And, uh, man, it went fantastic. People, it, it was very, very well received. There were several people who came to me afterwards and said that I made them cry. So I thought that was pretty good. That's how you know you got a winner right there. Exactly. You gotta, Had some you tears. Play, you got to play the emotions card. <laughs> exactly. In the public speaking. That's when you, that's when you've, that's when you've, uh, you've hit it. You've done so, something good. <laughs> we're going to, um, we're going to rip the audio from the yeah. video. Apparently you have a video, so we're going to rip that and we're going to um, put it out as an episode. I don't yeah. know if we'll we'll tag it to a weekly episode or we'll put it out on its own. Yeah. Um, it seems more likely we'll put it out on its own, but either way, it'll it'll get out and uh, everyone else can be yeah. blessed with the stunning <laughs> oratory of Glen Irvin. Yeah, you can get the list. Just like the... the folks were at the conference. <laughs> exactly. So, so that'll be that'll be exciting. So 
um, transitioning to some pretty crappy oh, stuff. Oh God, I know. Um, so, so you know, that was the that was the positive segment of on education for this week. <laughs> um, here comes the negative. Um, yes. <laughs> now on or the to sad. the garbage. Yeah. yeah, it's been a, it's been a pretty bad week, um, friends. And um, so, so if you listen to last week's episode of on education, I did a little speech kind of before the episode, just kind of talking about my own personal thoughts, I guess, on on what happened. Um, because I felt obligated to say something and not just pretend like everything is normal because none of what's going on um, around here is normal. Um, and so I guess uh, first, you know, what are you, you probably have some thoughts on on what happened in the last week and uh, it's pretty brutal. Yeah, it's uh, just horrible and you don't... I mean, I have a lot of family. I was born in El Paso, so just so people mm-hmm. know. And actually, my my family is uh, based on the east side of El Paso. There's two parts, kind of. We we call it two parts of El Paso. Um, and the the east side of El Paso, the the biggest mall that you go to is the Cielo Vista Mall, which is, happens to be this location where this Walmart was actually at. Um, and one of my friends from El Paso texted me. Uh, that her mom and her sister, who I know very well, uh, were in that Walmart, and it was oh, it was man. while it was actually still you know in progress and happening. So we were all just devastated, and it was the day, uh, the day obviously the day of, and I think it was the day before we did our family reunion, or maybe it was the day of our family reunion. So it was just you know horrible news to hear. Mm-hmm. And we were just checking on everybody to make sure that, you know, you check on your family and friends and see if everybody's okay, you know. And, and you know that there was a lot of people that weren't okay because uh, they were already talking about all the fatalities. And then Dayton obviously happened too. It's just like super tragic and it it, it happens just way too often. And then, And I know that this is, as we come back to school, it's important for us to know that us as adults and our students are, you know, this is right there. You know, we all are feeling it. When we're all kind of congregating in these places where shootings have happened, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of a thought now. We're all th- we are thinking about it with good reason. We're like, okay, uh, I got to be conscious of where I'm at, of what's happening. Um, you know, and that's horrible that we have to think that way. Um, I think it goes without saying well not uh, maybe not the right choice of words but don't doubt for a second friends you know if you're listening to this podcast and you're looking for teachers who you want to stay in their lane and not talk about this stuff you're listening to the wrong podcast because you know we're getting into a, a period of time where this stuff is needs to be talked about more and more not less and less yeah and um you know we can't we can't you know, you and I particularly, but uh, I mean, and I've challenged, I'm in a Voxer group with other podcasters and I straight up challenge them. I mean, you guys have, a, we have a responsibility to, you know, you don't have to be a firebrand, jump on your soapbox and go crazy. But, you know, if you don't think that this stuff impacts your students, you're crazy. Yeah. You're just, you're, you're flat out wrong. No, it does. And, and so you need to wake the hell up a little bit and just acknowledge that, you know, this stuff, being afraid of going to Walmart. I know. 
shouldn't be a reality in your life. No. And being afraid to go to school shouldn't be a reality of your life. But in some communities, it absolutely is. Yeah. And this is where these conversations need to happen. And so, you know, that's that's why, and we're going to talk a little bit later about edu Twitter and stuff like that. But I mean, I mean, we've got to start talking about this and not being afraid to talk about it because even though the conversations are hard and they're frustrating in some cases, and not all of us agree on the paths forward, um, we've got to start walking together in some ways and figuring out how to how as educators we can. Um, you know, use our skills and our power and our influence because we have all of those things. Every one of us, not just Glenn and I and people with podcasts or, you know, not the Alice Keelers and the Matt Millers of the world either. You know, we all have a voice in this and we can all do our part to help, you know, our countries and our citizenry figure out what's going on and how to cope with it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I mean, transitioning, it doesn't help that you have a uh, red herring in video games, you know, yeah, let's video get a little game, close to home here or right? video game violence, Jeez. and that you're going to throw something like that out and say, well, here's the reason why it kind of reminds right. me of the 1980s. I remember my parents were super scared of Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know if you were, you know, I don't know if that happened in Canada, but it did happen in, United, in the United States where they all thought that we were going to become devil Satanists. worshipers. And yep. uh, I don't know Straight if they up. had all watched specials on TV on 60 Minutes or something, <laughs> something, you know, of the media of the media of that day. But mm-hmm. that was for real, and people were crazy about that. Same thing with like uh, I don't know if you, if, if you know, you're a, a music guy too. Remember the uh, people burning of the uh, uh, CDs of rap music, for example, and destroying all of that because they were saying that that was to blame for X. You know, like you're trying to associate. Uh, these things to something else where you're like that has nothing to do with it but it's an easy thing to throw out there so like video games or media in general you know like whatever might be uh, movies or music and how it will influence you to do to commit violence it's just it's just a gross uh take and unfortunately it gets spread a lot you know even though you know it gets debunked a lot of people really do believe this in it, and it's sad because we know that it's not the truth. And actually, research has shown that that's not the case. So, um, you know, blaming video games for violence, uh, it's like we're right back at that, you know, again. I, I will say that it's been nice to see, like, so every time there's a big mass shooting, Vegas, Parkland, all of these big, especially the ones where, the, where Orlando, where they've been large, um, there's been this narrative and then there's been very little pushback against it. There's been pushback by, you know, some people, but not in any sort of quantity that gets a critical mass of, of response. Mm-hmm. And I, that's not been the same this time, which again is so relieving. Like when, like for example, Hillary Clinton responds and she says, you guys are dumb. You know, video games are everywhere. Mental illness is everywhere. They're not shooting people in other countries. That's been like that typical response that's yes. been out there. And that's that's the right response. I mean, even I 
typed those words because the more people that say that, which seems like just normal logic to anyone who can think critically, seems to be, you know, we need to shout that everyone needs to remind everyone that video games are in Canada. Video games are in France. Video games are in South all Korea. Over, all over Asia. Yes, exactly. There's South a Korea, there's Japan. that amazing Vox graph that it, which is what I posted on Twitter by Vox. Uh, I might maybe if I think about it, I'll put it in the show notes. That just basically shows on one side the video game per revenue by country, and South Korea is like way up there, like number one by a long shot compared especially compared to the states and then the um shooting violent shooting deaths on the other side and it's like there's i mean there's no causation yeah. there no it's, absolutely not it has absolutely nothing to do with anything else and I, i've been so happy to see at least people are pushing back against it because it's absolutely ridiculous mm-hmm. um the the last thing we want to talk about this week that that has gotten some attention is just you know edu twitter our favorite <laughs> our favorite topic well one of our favorite topics probably second to teachers pay teachers exactly um, <laughs> and standardized testing so yeah <laughs> textbook companies yes um so there you go it's it's in our top 5 anyways um so listen um I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that Edu Twitter is getting toxic, but that's the question we're asking. Do you think Edu Twitter is getting toxic? Um, I, <laughs> I actually just saw some different things that people are. P- people are different takes that people are having, right? Yeah. Uh, one of the most passive aggressive things that people are doing, and and if you do this, it's pretty weak sauce. I just have to, to call you out for this. Is retweeting right you retweet with a comment right okay and then you make sure that obviously that you if people don't understand that when you retweet with comment the originator of that tweet doesn't actually see that unless you tag them in it right because that's doesn't see your retweet doesn't see the retweet with comments you know you what i'm talking about mike um and so, so so what these people are doing is they get someone's statement of whatever might be and then they either mischaracterize that or just kind of like put up some kind of burn statement. It feels totally like teenage years where we used to talk about burning somebody like, you know, ooh, you know, Sick burn, <laughs> yeah, oh, my goodness, we just burned you, you know, that kind of stuff totally yeah. feels like that is happening uh, a lot. And with this kind of retweet with comment and I'm like, if you're going to say something to somebody, reply to them. And then, you know, if you want to put specific hashtags to, you know, let other people know, whatever it might be, or if you do mm-hmm. retweet with comment, put their name on there too so that they know that you're doing that. So they can have a chance to respond. Obviously, too. And there can be disagreements. Obviously, we know that there's a back and forth dialogue that happens on a variety of different topics because we don't all agree right. with everything that happens as far as uh, that's happening on Twitter itself. But I just noticed some different, uh, just, uh, just some real. I think kind of low, uh, low shot, you know, like, uh, it's just, I'm mm-hmm. just like, ah, oh, that's gross. And, and why do that, you know, kind of thing. And then the only part that I, that, that gets me there is you can do that, but I just don't want other people to, as they come into Twitter to be, to think that that's what this is about, because mm-hmm. we know that there's just so much value there, uh, with, the 
connections so to people, on. so many great things and so many great yeah. people willing to do all kinds of stuff, help your yeah. classrooms, all kinds of things, help you uh, share things, whatever it might be. I mean, there's just so many uh, amazing positive situations, uh, sorry, uh, things that have occurred on Twitter with myself and with other people that I'm connected to. That's what I I want to remember it as, you know, and know it that I don't want people to get the bad taste, and so that's what I was I was wondering. And I've seen this kind of uh, thread of you know, kind of this toxic talk, uh, kind of back and forth. And discussion is great, but mm-hmm. but to be the the whole kind of like low blow burn kind of thing. I don't know if you've seen the Edge of Celebrity. Um, yes, uh, I, I'm glad you brought it Twitter up. account, um, yep. and I think that I mean I I'm not. I'm going to assume that that's a total burn. Uh, again, I'm using the same word. I'm using my eighth grade word here. <laughs> this is what I used to use in eighth grade. A burn <laughs> on, uh, you know, like uh, Dave Burgess and the speakers that come from Dave Burgess. Let's just say like uh, our our guest that we've had, like George Kiros, for example, mm-hmm. um, where you go around and you speak to different schools and it's kind of like a, a parody account. Now some of the stuff is pretty dang funny on there, right? Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But it is kind of like this super passive aggressive kind of take on things, you know? And and kind of diminishing the what happens at conferences, I think, diminishing the role of edge of Twitter as a tool to be able to use that and kind of putting it down. Oh, and I don't know if you've heard this kind of talk where people say, oh, when Twitter started like 10 years ago, edge of Twitter was awesome. And now it's just all these, you know, edgy personalities or whatever it might be. And I'm like, I don't think it's that at all. I, I think it's whoever you want to follow and whoever you connected to. I don't think it's a total cult of personality. I'm not, you know, uh, everything that either George says or Alice Keeler says or whoever might be the biggest personalities out there. I don't follow yeah. every single one of those words. I'm looking yeah. at all kinds of other people when they say something inspiring or they share something. I'm like, oh my goodness, that's so good. I want to make sure that pass that along or whatever it might be or connect to it, whatever. Um, so yeah, it's this big thing. Uh, and I, I don't know, do you kind of uh, follow my, my long spiel there? <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, no, yeah. I, I get yeah. it. Um, and I have mixed feelings about the Edu celebrity, like the parody accounts. Yes. Um, they are funny. Yes. Some of the tweets are hysterical. They are. Uh, and some of them hit a little true. Like there's, there's some, there is some strands of truth and, and kind of, it's a little bit flexed. It's a little bit, you know, off, not precise or whatever, but there's some, there's some legitimacy in some of it for sure. Um, and I think it's worth acknowledging that. Um, I think that, um, just to even go back uh, with a couple of your thoughts, there are, there are definitely some bad actors, or at least. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name names, but there are you know there's been a couple folks who have been had to have been called out on on their behavior, not necessarily on their opinions, because. In a lot of cases, the the couple or four people who who I'm thinking of, yeah, I agree with a lot of what they're saying, but when you say it in a way that is just, it's I don't know what even word I want to use, but they're just being jerks mm-hmm. about it, and there's a way to do it where you don't have to be such a dick. Yeah, 
I totally agree. For lack of really yeah. better words, but that's, <laughs> I mean, whatever. It's true. There's a way to say it where you can say it, you know, and be, listen, um, we're going to get into it in a second. Be um, passionate. Be yeah. uh, disagreeable. Like, disagree. Like, be in someone's face about a strong opinion. If you, like, because a lot of what some of these folks are saying is 100% true. Yes. It's just the delivery has been crap. Yeah. And I I know that there's a couple that are getting that after being like pretty aggressively called out in the last week or so by like, like we have friends in this fight, like for sure. Like, like there was a huge thread with Michael Cohen that I, I DM'd him about after it was done and was just like, I was following the whole thing. Um, and there was another thread with Don Wetrick who, you know, it, it was very good and they were like, it was super passionate it was super respectful but i mean we need to you know engage in meaningful discussion yeah uh, even if it's discussion that we disagree with there's there was this um a, a post by a, a fellow mr hill at mr hill three four is his hashtag on twitter i might we'll, we'll post the actual thing that he posted on our show notes but he proposed a sort of charter of behavior, for lack of better words, uh, for Edu Twitter, and um, I didn't notice it until you put it in the show notes. But I actually did respond to it this yeah. afternoon, this evening, um, you know, because I I I get it. I'm I understand the the idea and the desire because I've felt it. I've I've felt not only like. All that I thought about the last couple of weeks prior to when a lot of this stuff hit the fan and people started calling these bad actors out on their kind of crappy behavior was, God, I hope he doesn't go after me. Like, serious. So I was like feeling it a little too because some of these people that they're going after are our friends. Yes. Right? And it's very easy to lump other people. Like, we don't have super it, high profiles, it, but we have a podcast. Well, and, it feels you know, like, you know what, Mike? It feels like if you write okay so you write a book mm -hmm. yes and you then have uh some ideas to share like mm -hmm. let's go michael cohen it's just mm -hmm. a fan i mean if you ever meet this guy right he's right. the he's the nicest human being it's that you've it's ever like met in your life i mean yeah. why would you ever say anything that and, right. and what he wants is he's just super like passionate some... about education and educating kids and 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 just lifting up education so you meet him in real life and you have these people that publish these books and they have these ideas and and yeah. and they're speaking about these ideas and the ideas are positive things it's not like you know a lot of it in the parody accounts is like supposedly it's like mumbo jumbo it's like no it's just really positive thoughts on on, yeah, on, yeah. on on their take on education but yeah. now we're gonna is it like a form of jealousy or we're just like tired of oh i think you know, there's some of that too you know are we tired because you just you you were got a book published and we're like we don't want to listen to you kind of thing you know what i mean um mm -hmm. we don't like that you have a platform to be able to speak it's like no that's mm -hmm. if you ever meet it's just like we any of these topics that we talk about too mike it, when you actually get to know somebody god like, and, and we've gotten to know a lot of people and actually very 
I can't even think of one person that I've actually now met in real life. And we've talked about this where you meet him in real life. You're like, what an amazing, awesome person. And guess yeah, who yeah, we, yeah, yeah. guess who we meet? We meet educators. And yeah. so when we start throwing the burns out there to each other, guess what we're doing? Mm. We're just burning all of us. So we're just bringing mm. all of us down. You know, it's bringing us all down a level. Um, and, and that's not good. I mean, that's not going to benefit anybody, you know? No, it doesn't benefit anybody. <laughs> and uh, it's not good. No. Um, so we'll post some stuff in the show notes. Uh, and you can make a decision for yourself. Yes. Maybe weigh in. Maybe we'll have a question on chat on education. I totally this. think we should. <laughs> Let's talk about something that is good. So when we come back, school is back or it's just about back in most of the U.S., and Canadian classrooms will be getting up pretty soon here. This year, we've seen a massive spike in advocacy related to teachers not having the supplies and tools they want and need in their classrooms. We'll talk about heading back to school and about the Clear the List movement when we come back, so stay tuned. On Education is brought to you by Pick My Kid. Pick My Kid is an automated dismissal solution that cuts car line time in half. It engages parents with the parent app by being able to change dismissal routines right from their phone. Friends, that means no more front office calls. Pick My Kid is affordable for schools and removes dismissal stress for parents, teachers, and staff. For more information, visit pickmykid.com. That's P-I-K-mykid.com. All right, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. School is back, at least in a lot of the United States. Um, and this year, I, I don't think I've ever seen this before. Um, at least not, not like <laughs> at this, at least not even anywhere close to the way that it was this year. So this year, what happened was, you know, obviously we know that there's massive budget issues in so many districts, all over the country are um, we have some friends at a, a think tank called Ed build. Um, we've interviewed uh, Zahava Stadler, who is the director of policy for Ed bill. We talked about school funding on the podcast and they published reports and we've shared a bunch of them and you should go read them and you should go to Ed build and take a look at how bad this is. If you don't think it's a problem, it'll open your eyes. So we know that there's massive inequity inequality mm -hmm. there's ma we know that there's massive inequality issues between school districts and teachers have started to take the matter into their own hands they've started to post amazon wish lists these are the things i need and share them and it just kind of went crazy um it, it blew up pretty aggressively and um you know, so we have this hashtag, clear the lists. What's your initial thought on, you know, just big picture, clear the lists? Big picture, I am very happy that people are advocating for themselves, right? But it also makes me super depressed that that's what we have to do. <laughs> you know, so it's a combination of two things. Yeah. Uh, people just saying, hey, I need these things. This is what I need for my classroom. Uh, help me out if you can. And then there's the part where you're like, why aren't we 
funding this enough so that people are able to purchase the supplies that they need. I mean, some of the pencils. things that I saw, I, that's what I'm saying. I saw, I saw pencils. I saw crayons crayons, and some little notepads, Tape. you know, little things. Um, so I went out to all kinds of people's lists just because I kind of wanted to be like, say, okay, what kinds of things are people asking for? Uh, man, it's, and and the thing is is that and what we all know is that we are all putting in our own money obviously to purchase most if not all of these things so mm-hmm. this clear the list thing is only a slight a, a tiny portion of what people end up going and purchasing for themselves it's just that you already make a limited amount of money and now you have to put more of your own money into the purchases for your own classroom which it shouldn't be that way, uh, especially if we're talking about the things that are necessary for to be able to just be good educators. Like you just said, mm-hmm. writing utensils. We're not asking for extraordinary things. Um, and so it's sad, pathetic, I think, that the legislators uh, don't step up and make sure that these things are going to be provided. And I, I have, I mean, in the previous school district that I worked in, we had a $100 supply budget for the year. So $100 is nothing. <laughs> you could spend that right. a, a minuscule amount of things. So you don't end up being able to 30 do that. Minutes in a, oh, oh, I 30 mean, minutes in a staples. So then what I end up, what I ended up doing and my wife, same thing. And your wife, obviously the same thing. And you, sure. you're exactly the same thing. You go out and you're just like, here's the stuff that I need so that I can do the things that I want to be able to do in my classroom. And, and I, and then you just went and bought those things. And that was two, three, four, five hundred dollars. We've heard people spending a thousand dollars at, you know, out of their own pocket purchasing things that they need for their classroom. Especially, I think this is disproportionate. And I may be wrong about this, but I think I'm right at the elementary level. I think your elementary teachers are disproportionately spending way, like they need. It's just part of educating little kids. Primary, primary elementary kids. Oh, it's yeah. K, K to K, three. K to three, even. Yes, I would I would totally agree with you. And so you have this this burden that's we're placing on people and then they have to go ask. It's I'm happy that there's a platform to be able to do it. And what we are all trying to do is spread the message to hopefully somebody out there, a wonderful person that has money <laughs> Lots and dough. and can go ahead and, and fund these things that's really what we're trying to do is hit like kind of the jackpot the uh ashton kutcher jackpot he funded all of these donors choose uh, projects all in iowa like hmm. thousands of them spent i don't know some ungodly amount of money and funded all of them that were based in iowa because he's from there uh and and i know ellen DeGeneres does then of course oprah all, all these people give all kinds of things and they sure. fund all of these different things that are constantly they don't they don't need a, a a movement like this but we're hoping somebody just out there steps up and then there's just people like me and you who've gone onto people's list and i we just buy the thing for them i'm like i spent ten dollars on this person and i spent another yeah. you know ten fifteen dollars on another person i don't yeah. need anything for it it's just like if no. i know that one little thing it could help and it could help some classrooms some students out there and so Willing to go ahead and do that too. So I wrote a I wrote a post on Twitter early 
when I started to see the hashtags and it was just a, tw- uh, a Twitter post and someone responded to that with their, their li- like a little bit of context and then their list. And I went on it. And one of the things, so, so then a couple of days later I wrote a blog post um, and maybe we'll, we'll put that in the, the show notes. Um, a bunch of people have read it, which is nice. And I think it spurred some people on to, to action, which is even better. I got some nice DMS and stuff like that. Um, but what I did and what I encourage everyone to do, even just a little bit, is go and look. You don't have to spend a lot of money and you don't even have to feel, don't feel pressure to buy just any old thing. So what I did is on this person's, and I thought this was super thoughtful. So if anyone's still got lists that they need cleared and there there's people just buying one-off things, you have the opportunity in an Amazon wish list to write a little bit of a description, mm-hmm. like context for why you want this specific thing. Yes. Because uh, I'll, even in my blog post, I, I said, you know, that I saw some really dumb things on people's wish lists. Um, things that, you know, you know, my wife was looking through it and my wife's, you know, I trust my wife, especially in terms of like knowing what a K to three teacher might actually need. And she's like, you know, there's some stuff here that's a little let's let's not go crazy right i i don't want it to be perceived as an opportunity to to take advantage of people's goodwill yes so what i really appreciated was this one list that i went on after um in between in between the twitter post and the blog post um she had wrote some descriptions some context for why she needed certain things and I was looking through them and I was reading the descriptions because I really wanted to buy her something that, first off, I didn't have a ton of money to, to spare, um, but I had some. And I also um, wanted to do the most good possible with one or two things that I could possibly buy. And she wrote she needed a paper cutter, like one of those guillotine yes, cutters. Yes, And she had wrote, in the context in the in that little description box in her wish list that she works at a big school like as far as like distance okay to walk across it and her primary class is on one side of the school and her office where this cutter is oh. on the other side of the school yes. and she taught primary and if you know anything about primary teachers they're they're cutting paper for crafts and like doing like Tons. all of the stuff that's why they buy a lot of stuff is because it's all like crafts and handwork and all these things that they're making and and so she said that you know for me to walk like to the way to the other side of the school it takes like five minutes and then to cut all of my paper and then to walk back like it was either it was like a crazy amount of time in just like the normal course of the the day or it was consuming all her prep time if she piled it all up Mm. and so i bought her the paper cutter nice that seemed like the best use of my money and her getting a gift um and i really hope that that was valuable for her um so you know there's some lists that still need to be cleared oh absolutely encourage some folks to to go take a look yes um not completely related to clear the list but definitely related to back to school we're really excited and we've been tweeting about this a little bit but this um we're going to do a special on education presents 
Um, we're going to record it next week, mm. uh, I believe. Yeah. And we're having um, three folks. We we know one of them personally. Uh, we've never met the other two, but we're really excited to talk to all three. Jonathan Pulliam, Stephanie Viscara, and Susan. I think her last name is Jekmaic. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see if I got that right or not. I think you did. <laughs> we're going to talk to those three. They are all second year teachers as of you know this, this week year. or next week i guess yeah so we would like to talk to them about their experience with being a first year teacher how it went the good the bad the ugly just whatever i think we're gonna we're gonna have some questions but we're really hoping also that they talk to each other yes and and kind of share between the three of them their experiences being uh new teachers and Maybe we can, you know, we have a lot of administrators that listen, a lot of superintendents, a lot of tech directors, a yes. lot of people who are mentors. Um, and we're hoping that their reflections of being a first-year teacher help um, these people who listen to our podcast become better leaders for them. Absolutely. We place, I mean, we need to just make sure that we have better policies in place, uh, how we how we groom our new teachers into the entire teaching profession to make sure that they just don't survive the first year, that they thrive. And and we are all part of the process. By we, I mean all of us that are involved in education. So whether it be like me, an instructional coach, or a fellow teacher, we need to lift these people up and then make sure that we help them out so that it helps all of us. It helps the entire profession and it helps all of our students. Why wouldn't you want to do that? So stay tuned for that really excited yes. we've been talking about it for a couple months um pulled it together in the last couple weeks and got everyone kind of on the same page which is hard to do when there's five people that are going to be talking it's it'll easily be the most people we've ever had on an episode at the same time i have no idea if our system can handle it, <laughs> it but we're gonna find out <laughs> um and we're really hoping that you listen to it and share it and uh and enjoy it because uh, i'm really excited to talk to these three um, they seem like really awesome people and, uh, probably there's, there's some diversity here. There's, uh, all different parts of the country here. Um, you know, we got a little bit of everybody and everything, a little, a lot of different perspectives and that's, that's super exciting as well. Um, speaking of exciting, uh, when we come back, we'll be joined by our friend, Sarah Thomas. So stay with us. On education is brought to you by Taylor Ed. As teachers meeting the needs of each and every student in today's classroom is time-consuming, complicated, and overwhelming. TaylorEd makes differentiation in math effortless through curated resources, smart student grouping, and student insights beyond proficiency. Sign up today using the promo code ONEDUCATION and receive three months on us. Visit taylor-ed.com for more information. All right, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Um, what seems like an eternity ago, Sarah Thomas was one of our first ever guests yeah. on on education, and uh, she's back for round two. She's decided to grace us with her presence again. Thankfully, we weren't so bad the first time, I guess. <laughs> um, so, welcome to the podcast, Sarah. Oh, thank you so much for having me. You guys are amazing. I'm so I'm so happy. I saw y'all like from the beginning and just everything y'all <laughs> right. have built. This is this is amazing. You were there at the beginning. Actually, you yeah, were right one the of the beginning. people that got to listen to that first episode. Yes, yes they the beta, the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's so oh, exciting. Boy. So let's take a minute and just tell everyone a little bit about who you are, what you do, where you're from, all of that stuff before we get started. Sure. Okay. Hello, everyone. My name is Sarah Thomas. I'm a regional tech coordinator. I live in Virginia. I work in Maryland. Um, and I work with a very large district. Um, it's my 15th year that I will be starting shortly. And um, let's see here. I've taught every grade from first to 12th. Currently, I work in central office and I work to help support uh, technology integration in the schools. I'm also an affiliate faculty, which is kind of like an adjunct professor at uh, a local university. And um, I'm also the founder slash CEO of Edgematch. Um, that is amazing. And Sarah, you're a very publicly reflective person. So We've actually ran into you all kinds of times at different conferences, but just kind of like mostly in passing while running to and from a session or a meeting. Um, but we really haven't had a chance, a good chance to really chat. So we'd love to know just what you're thinking about these days regarding education or what are you working on these days? Oh, my goodness. I would say that probably the thing that has driven me for the last five years and has taken over every facet of my life. No, I'm just joking. I'm making it sound a lot more dramatic than it is. Um, but I'm extremely passionate about people telling their stories about, um, you know, the just being close to the situation, like as educators, how we are in the classroom or in the district or or what have you, and and we see, you know, successes, we see the challenges, we're in a perfect position to address them. Uh, same thing with our students, you know, even even more importantly, our students, um, and they can, you know, they can move mountains with their power, you know, mm. collectively, and individually, as we're seeing. There's, um, so there's, we talk a lot about stories, too. And you're going to hear us talk a lot about more. Uh, we're kind of building some ideas centered around stories because podcasting has a lot to do with telling stories as well. And um, I when you when you started talking about that, I, I thought about Mandy specifically, yes. who you who you work with um, a lot, Mandy Froelich, who's been on the podcast, but is also another one of those super transparent educators in terms of like really talking about what's on her mind, what she's feeling. Um, and some, not all of that's always positive necessarily in, in the sense that, um, you know, this is what I'm struggling with right now. Mm -hmm. And what do you think about the idea that, um, you know, the idea that educators, maybe that speaks to the idea that educators need to be, appear to be vulnerable, appear to be you know working through things and thinking about things in a in a really thoughtful sometimes deep and you know even um you know in a manner that isn't always you know bright sunshine happy happy <laughs> you know that kind of stuff right right because as much as we want life to be bright sunshine happy happy then that's not always the reality and it's important to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful, you know, all of it, um, just so that we can learn from one another, um, support one another through our challenges. Um, and, you know, just just keep it real, keep it 100, because that's that's really the way that we get to the heart of the matter. Because if nobody wants to talk about, you know, the bad stuff or the challenging, difficult stuff, then we're never going to move past it. And a lot of times the solutions like right there, you know, um, like what may have worked for someone else might just be the fix to my problem. So we, we definitely have to, um, have to open up and share. And I'll also say that, um, you know, working with Mandy, I mean, her project blew me away. <laughs> like I remember, um, when we first started talking about it and this was before 
Edumatch was even like really doing solo books. Like we had not released a solo book yet. And, you know, she, um, she showed me her project and I, I read through it and chapter one, I was hooked. I was just like, I have not seen anything like this. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's just been really an inspiration, um, to me. So, yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, I, I want to, ask about this specific thing that, that you've you've popped up in this um ov academy so <laughs> i've seen this come up a lot especially lately in the last couple of weeks maybe a couple months um and um been fascinated with it but i'll admit to not knowing a whole lot about what it is and what it's about other than knowing that whoever's involved in it is really freaking enthusiastic about <laughs> being there and being whatever it is that's going on they're yeah. there for it like it's mm. awesome um so i'd love to know a little bit about ov academy and maybe you can explain it because i'm sure that other people are seeing it on twitter in particular as well and wondering what what is this <laughs> well first and foremost i have to give a shout out to jenny magara this is her baby and she has just watered it planted it grown it and it's 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 become amazing i mean it was amazing from the beginning um and it just continues to grow um, the family continues to grow. So, um, so really I'm honored that Jenny has invited me back, um, several times to, to be one of the, um, one of the coaches for OV Academy. And OV Academy stands for Our Voice Academy. Hmm. Um, because traditionally when you look at conferences, um, you know, many conferences, not every conference, but many conferences, then, um, you tend to, you tend to hear from the same folks or uh, people who have similar messages or people who may look like one another. And, you know, there's this whole segment of just marginalized people, uh, specifically people of color who have not um, had access to those stages on a large scale. So what OV Academy does is that it helps to, um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like three days of magic is the best way I can describe it. Um, where just, um, you know, um, everyone who participates, there's just so much love there and just building one another up and supporting one another. And, um, you know, a lot of times, um, people are navigating through, you know, prior traumatic experiences in, in many cases. Um, and just so that, that, that community, that family, that love, it's just, a weekend of of healing um, as well as growing. So I, I'm I'm just honored to be a part of it. So let's talk a little bit about Edge Match, and we're seeing lots of great things, especially on the book side. So what's been awesome with Edge Match lately? Oh wow! <laughs> so <laughs> um, so the publishing side has really taken off over the past year, I would yeah, say. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's it's just been such a great journey. I uh, just want to give some shout outs to uh, the EduMatch publishing team. So we have Mandy, as y'all mentioned, she's the director of author success. We have Tatool, who's the acquisitions editor. We have Martine, who is the managing editor. Alyssa is a children's book consultant. Mm. Um, we have Melody, who is the um, logistics manager. I really feel like I'm leaving someone out, so I feel horrible. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just um, an amazing community. And shout out also to all of our authors and content creators, because now we have 
evolved. Um, so in addition to books, we also include, um, long form documentaries. So Dr. Will, the edupreneur, you know, mm-hmm. that's, yep. that's, that was our very first one. And we're also, um, looking into short form documentaries. Um, and, or I'm sorry, short form videos, not necessarily documentaries, but short form videos. And in addition, um, Tanikia Pope, is um she is our first curriculum creator so she created a curriculum that's especially for like after school programs and summer camps and things of that nature called mm-hmm. math seal and it's it's pretty dope as well so i'm just i'm just inspired to be around you know this this community of creatives that are just you know passionate about getting their message out so it's it's, it's been a really cool ride yeah you're running a company <laughs> you are doing still working in a school district Mm -hmm. how you keeping it all together sarah oh it's all about teamwork (laughs) teamwork makes the dream work if it were just for me then uh i we would absolutely hands down not be anywhere near where we are um right now and i mean don't get me wrong we still have a long way to go and we're working towards you know growing and and uh scaling rapidly um but it's all about the team like just everything that people bring to the table it's 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 amazing and the the growth has been incredible. I I've, I couldn't help but notice. I mean, Brian's book specifically has like absolutely exploded. And oh, I mean, yeah. isn't that that's that that's been pretty special to see. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. They. Oh my goodness. Like the the content creators are so passionate about their work. Like I mean, this is this is people's stories. So you mm-hmm. know. Getting, getting it out there and, and, and even the, the fictional books, you know, the children's books, we're seeing a lot more yeah, yeah. of those as well. Um, and I mean, these, these are stories inside of us, you know, bursting to get out. Yeah. So it's that, you know, that, that, that drive is just, um, incredible to see. Awesome. Sarah, where can people connect with you online to learn more about you? Where can people go to, um, learn a little more about EduMatch and, and see all the great things you got going on there? Yeah, so for Edumatch, it's probably the easiest place uh, to start. Edumatch.org is kind of like the hub. Um, from there, you can find out more about Edumatch. You can sign up. Um, there's information about our podcast, etc. And it also links to our publishing page. It links to our, um, I want to say from our publishing page, we link to our uh, podcast network as well as our um very soon we're going to have our nonprofit like in hard launch. We're in soft launch right now. So mm. we have funding and we are getting ready to disseminate some mini grants. So awesome. super, nice. yeah. So super excited for that. So that's coming very soon. So website is under construction, but we are, we have the infrastructure. We are ready to rock. So hopefully it'll drop this month. Can you tell us more about that? Because I think our audience would be very interested in that, especially, I mean, are they education related or what, what are we yes. talking about here? Yeah, so they are for, um, for educators. So, um, anyone who is working with a, um, a school or district. And unfortunately, right now it's limited to the United States because this is our first go around, but we are looking to expand it and have it available, you know, internationally, hopefully in the near future. But pretty much, um, the point of the grants is to, um, to support, uh, grassroots movements by mm. students, by educators, um, you know, and it, it, it comes through the educator, but the educator can sponsor, um, their students if they have an idea, because, you know, they're, um, we're, we're seeing with Generation Z now, the sky is the limit in terms of, uh, what they can and, and will do. So we, we want to support that. We want to support educators, um, in, you know, in, 
their grassroots movements and ideas and things of that nature. So, yeah. That's fantastic. Love that. Um, and as far as me personally, the best way to reach me is on Voxer. Um, and my handle is at Sarah the Teacher, but I'm also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, all those different places. I just don't places. check them every day. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's nice. Okay. Sarah, Sarah Thomas, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to On Education. My name is Glenn Irvin. My co-host is Mike Washburn. On Education is part of the Education Podcast Network. You can listen to this show and many others by great educators like Jennifer Gonzalez, Matt Miller, and many more by visiting edupodcastnetwork.com. Want to get in touch with us? Check out our website at oneducationpodcast.com. You can tweet us at oneducationpod. Mike is at Mr. Washburn on Twitter, and I can be found at Irv Spanish. You can find us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash oneducationpod. We're also on Instagram at oneducationpod. If you're enjoying the show and think others would too, we would be thrilled if you shared it with them. Please leave us a rating or review in Apple Podcasts or the Google Play Store. When you leave a rating, it gives our rankings a boost. This helps others discover the show. We want to thank our presenting sponsor, Classcraft, for supporting us. Check out classcraft.com slash oneducation to learn more about them. Thanks as always for listening. Stay awesome and see you soon.